You're listening to Jump to Recipe, the show for busy people who love to cook. This is one of our older episodes from when we were called Time Management Insider. Back then, we focused on all kinds of time management for inside the home, not just cooking, except there was quite a bit of cooking back then too, because it was still me and I'm a little obsessed. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's jump in. This is Time Management Insider, a show where we share way too much information about meal planning and time management for inside the home. Hello and happy 4th of July weekend. This is my first 4th of July as an American citizen, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm also excited that I'm talking today with Rebecca and Dexler from Homemakers Habitat. She's been blogging for even longer than I have, and I always love getting to talk to food bloggers who've been doing this for so long. We are talking about her best chef hacks that every home cook should know and about making palatable food for picky eaters that has lots of flavor and is actually healthy too. She's been doing this for a long time, and so she has so many great ideas that I know are going to save us time and make our food more delicious than ever. Since it is 4th of July weekend, and I thought you might be looking for just a quick grilling tip or that kind of thing, I thought I'd quickly tell you about my favorite marinade for the grill, or really for anything, when I just want to make something really quick that I know is going to be really tasty and hit all those flavor points. This is what I make. It is equal parts maple syrup, Dijon mustard, and soy sauce. So you do a third, a third, a third of those things, and you just have this great marinade that's like salty, sweet, and has some nice tang from the mustard. You could just put your stuff in there and marinade for like 30 minutes. You could also just use it as like a drizzle sauce on the side of dinner, not if it had raw meat sitting in it, of course. But if you just make some up, maybe you marinate the meat in it, but keep some of it off to the side first. It's really delicious on rice, drizzled on veggies. It's so, so good. So that is my quick marinade tip for you. And now I'm going to dive into this conversation with Rebecca. It's going great. How are you? I am really great. And I'm really excited to talk to you. You have been blogging since before even I started. And I rarely meet people who've been blogging that long. So that's amazing. And welcome. Can you tell me how you got started? Not just the blog, but in your food career? Yeah, I started. I mean, I come from one of those families where cooking and entertaining is just sort of like woven into the fabric of life. And then I was initially in a career in public relations and advertising, and virtually everything that I worked on was either related to housewares products, kitchen gear, and food products. So I really had a a lot of behind-the-scenes knowledge of that part of the world and the home kitchen. And at the same time, I would go home every night and be cooking. And I just really had this love of entertaining and cooking. I started the blog right at the very cusp when like Julia and Julie came out, Uh you know, it was really at that very like dinosaur dawn of time level of blogging and was doing that at night. And my husband said, you need to go to culinary school. So I did culinary night school for a year with the intention, not of 
going into the restaurant world, but of taking that and applying it to the clients that I'd always worked with, large brands, either cooking brands or companies that are making tools and gadgets and pans and that sort of thing um, back in my PR world. Uh, At the same time, kind of serendipitously, I ended up getting pregnant and we moved. And so that sort of separated me from my corporate career. Mm-hmm. And freed up some time for me to really focus on being a freelancer. And so I had this blend of public relations and advertising background, and then started to really pull in all of the culinary knowledge. So a lot of the clients that I used to work for in the PR world or in the advertising world, I started developing recipes for them. I started doing food photography for them and really sort of pushed myself in a different direction. So that sort of where I got to from the career side of things. And then at the same time, I had two little children floating around in my atmosphere all the time. So the blog was sort of quietly churning along and went from this place where I was this, you know, young newlywed making cupcakes and having dinner parties to all of a sudden being the reality of a mom home, you know, literally barefoot and, you know, trying to have a career with kids who are napping. So that really became a space where I was talking about how to get your kids to eat and, you know, trying to create nutritional meals in a very short amount of time and with the fewest amount of dishes. So I kind of had two paths going at the same time. Oh, that's a fantastic story. And so your site is Homemakers Habitat. And I love, you've got some great things on the site, but sort of tying into what you were just saying, trying to get your kids to eat, you do some really great stuff for picky eaters. Can you talk a bit about how you do like new combos based on things they already like? Yeah, they are, you know, kids are so mercurial. It seems like every week there's something that they love or something that they don't love. So I have a way of, trying to think through, okay, this week they love potato soup. Great. Wonderful. What can we do to take the flavor profile of potato soup and make it healthier and make it something where they're eating something really nutritional? So for example, I've got a um, recipe coming out soon that is cauliflower and white beans pureed together. Mm -hmm. So it really has a very similar taste profile as a potato soup and they love it, but it has the nutrition of cauliflower and white beans. So you're getting your protein, you're getting your fiber, all of those things. And it's very simple to make. It's a 30 minute recipe. So that's always been a challenge that for me to take things that they like one way and how can we make it a different way? Yeah. So that's, you know, another way that I do that is by kind of letting them customize their own meals. I love to just set out a platter of stuff. The baked potato bar is a favorite at our house Mm -hmm. or, you know, just sort of like a salad bar of sorts. So everybody can kind of take whatever piles of ingredients I've pulled out and chopped up and add it to their bowl. And, and that's a, that's another way that we avoid tears at the table as often as we can. I do. We do something very similar. And they now that they're a little bit older, they're 14 and 10, we call it like burrito bowls or something. But there was a phase of probably two years where my daughter called it piles of food. Could we have piles of food for dinner? And she really <laughs> wanted her little pile of shredded cheese, her little pile of chicken breast, her tomatoes and cucumbers and, and like divided on her plate. And it was piles of food. And that made her happy. And like what you're saying, it's so great for 
the adults too, because we can add some ingredients there that they might not like, throw on some sriracha or like whatever stuff and still feel like we're having something we enjoy. Yeah, we, we still do this a lot. And it's, it always is remarkable to me to see that, you know, nobody's plate looks the same. You know, I've got a son who loves rice. So his is over brown rice. You know, if it's some kind of a burrito bowl, my daughter hates rice. So hers is wrapped in a tortilla. Mm -hmm. My husband and I, maybe we're avoiding rice. So we're using cauliflower, right? You know, it's like whatever combo makes you happy, as long as it's quick and easy and I can pull it all together. And that's where, you know, shortcuts and conveniences can be helpful. But it's nice to let people take the the same basic foundation ingredients and make them what's going to make them happy. That's great. Now, I know we were talking before we started recording about a boxed mac and cheese hack that you have. Can you tell me about that? Because I'm definitely trying it. Yeah. So this is something that was sort of born out of the fact that I know my kids, their go-to is mac and cheese. And especially over the last couple of years where, you know, a lot of life was out of everybody's control that sort of became their thing that they would request. We just want that box macaroni and cheese. We can't deal with a new food or trying to figure it out. We just want box macaroni and cheese. So to, you know, kind of keep that in balance, the way I do it is I buy the whole grain macaroni and I don't buy the, the regular elbow noodles. This is the boxed, you know, either the blue box or the pink box or whatever color box you're getting, get the ones that have the shaped noodles, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever shape your kids will like, and then mix in a cup of riced cauliflower, just the frozen riced cauliflower with the noodles. And then I'll usually add a big heaping dollop of Greek yogurt in place of some of the milk. And that way you're getting protein and you're getting a veg all in one box. So you're cooking the cauliflower at the same time as the noodles? Yep. So when you toss the noodles into the boiling water, I toss the frozen cauliflower in too. And then you're using, so you're buying the pasta separate, but you're using the packet of cheese powder from. No, the- I'm buying uh, like, this is, you know, whether it's Kraft or Annie's where my kids like Annie's. So they tend to buy the pink box of Annie's is what okay. they like. Um, so just the whole thing. So it's just the Annie's has a whole grain version. So we get that version. And mm-hmm. then when you dump the pasta in from the pink box, you add in the cauliflower at the same time. And then when you mix up the powder cheese, I add in the Greek yogurt instead of some of the milk and butter. Oh, that that is really good. Yeah, I totally want to try this. My kids weirdly do not like cauliflower. I get really like, because both of them when they were babies, it was one of their favorite like baby food purees that I made. And so I was like, yes, score. And now like neither of them and like cauliflower rice is such an easy thing and they don't. But I, I wonder if I start like putting it in in into things where it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like melting in. It does. Yeah. In fact, I'll even, if I need to extend um, a pound of ground beef when I'm making tacos, in goes a scoop of cauliflower rice when I'm browning the beef because it just melts in there and they don't know it's there. And I get to sit there and secretly be happy that they're eating a vegetable. Yes, I am doing this. I am doing this for sure. Okay. I want to know you have some wonderful secrets that home cooks can learn from a trained chef like you. Can you share them with us? So culinary school is such an enlightening place because I don't know why, you know, every mom in America, every, every household in America doesn't learn some of these little, little tips that can help you just save so much time. So one of the most basic first things you learn when you sit down on your first day, I'll stand up on your first day in the culinary kitchen is 
before you even set your cutting board down, they go have you take a either one of your regular kitchen towels or a paper towel and get it nice and damp and then squeeze it out and lay it out under your cutting board. And that way, when you go to chop things, the cutting board isn't going to move around on you anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Make sure you've got something stabilizing your cutting board because I think so many people don't do that and they hate to chop for the reason that it's not safe. It doesn't feel easy to do. Mm -hmm. Try that under your cutting board. It's going to make a huge difference. So that's number one. Number two, if you hate making soups and sauces, you need to be adding at the end, either a squirt of lemon to make it taste brighter or a pat of butter to make make it taste richer. So if you taste something and you think, oh boy, this doesn't quite taste the way I'm expecting it to. I thought it would have a little more oomph to it. Squirt of fresh lemon juice or a little pat of butter. One of those two. And I swear it's going to fix your recipe. And then number three, you can never have too many quarter sheet pans and half sheet pans (laughs) to just drag all your stuff around the kitchen. That whole Rachel Ray garbage bowl thing is not a joke. (laughs) You need to have everything compartmentalized so that you can drag stuff around the kitchen with you. I forgot about the garbage bowl. I like that. I, I used oh. to, I didn't, you, I didn't do it when she was saying it, but I lived in Toronto then and they came out with a composting program for households and they gave every house a little countertop compost box. And I yep. started, that's how I started doing it was because it was just so convenient to just yep. be able to put those things right there. I like that. So the quarter pans and sheet pans, carrying them around. Can you, I don't exactly know what you mean. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. So your sheet pans should not just be used for like cooking chicken nuggets. For me, those are like my little holders where I carry everything around. So if you're going to make a recipe and you need to gather all your ingredients out of the fridge and out of your pantry, just take your sheet pan with you as you go and walk around and gather everything up. And then that way you have everything in one little place that you can then prep from. You don't have to worry about, oh, I forgot an ingredient or, you know, something's not in the kitchen or whatever. They're also great for you know, just wrapping stuff up to stick in the fridge. If you're marinating something or whatever, your, those sheet pans with the lip on them are just, they're just so convenient. And, and that goes along with your prep bowls and your garbage bowl. Uh, you should be using your garbage bowl because, <laughs> it, you know, to your point, makes it so much easier to, whether you're composting or not, just to like keep everything, mm-hmm. you know, contained. Well, you're not walking back and forth to the garbage can or making a big mess in front of you as you go, which is is totally. Okay. So I want to ask a question and I I feel like I'm having this debate with the entire chefing world sometimes. Mise en place. Do you do it at home as a home cook or just when you're professional cooking? What is your take on that? I do it more often as a professional cook. I will say that, but it makes a world of difference in the home kitchen. I don't always do every single ingredient, but if I at least start with, you know, if I'm making a soup and I know I'm going to have a mirepoix in there, I'm going to have the, you know, the onions, the carrots, the celery, some garlic, all of those things. All of that needs to be prepped and ready to go before I put it in the pan. And then maybe, you know, there's some other ingredients that are going to go on top of that. Maybe I'll do that while those are sautéing, but do it in Mm -hmm. steps at least. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to, I I think I do it differently depending on the recipe. Like I'm not, recipe or I'm not usually following a recipe. I'm often cooking off the top of my head, but it's kind of like, okay, this one just has onion. So I'll get the onion in and then I'll start chopping. But if there's, you know, a few things going in at once, yeah, it's kind of this like flow thing, but I never 
get everything out. I don't do the Rachel Ray, get all your ingredients first sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't say I always do it, but it's so helpful at least to make sure that you have the ingredients. I don't know how many home cooks that I talked to who, you know, it's like, I was going to make this and I was halfway through and I realized I didn't have a can of black beans. You know, if you walk around with your little tray and gather everything up in advance you know, you have it all, you know, and if, if you don't, you can abort and order pizza before you've got a half cooked stew. Oh, that's true. I do. Like I, if I go and check, if I have something, I grab it at that point. I'm not like opening right. the pantry. Oh, do I have black beans? And then leaving them behind. I'm, I'm taking those out. But yeah, I, I tend to not gather everything in that way. Okay. I want to move on to talk about, I just think it's fantastic. In the sidebar of your site, Homemakers Habitat, there is a digital cookbook called Two Weeks of Sheets, Simple Suppers for Busy Nights, which I think is the most clever name, but I just, I want the book. So can you tell me more about it? (laughs) Absolutely. So the whole concept of that one is sheet pan meals. I think the whole world went through a kind of a sheet pan love affair for a while. And so that was my take on here's like some really easy, really quick, different recipes that are sheet pan. And some of them are not your typical ones. You know, you're going to have the standard ones where you've got, you know, some chicken and some vegetables on the pan, but there's also things in there like mini meat loaves that are on a sheet pan. And then I've got other ones that are more like salad type things that you serve on a sheet pan, going back to how I let my kids customize their dinner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the sheet pan is a little bit of a loose term, but again, that's another use for those half sheet pans (laughs) that I love so much. And, you know, I just think it's so important to have really easy meals where you don't need to have more than a couple of pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a time and a place for using every piece of equipment in your house, but it's not Tuesday. It's really not. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. No, I know. I will tell you during, it was this holiday season. So December, my dishwasher broke. And with the supply chain stuff, I really wanted to get the same one. I'd had it for 12 years. I loved it. I didn't, there was no way I was getting a different one. Six months minimum, they said. And we did sort of three months. And I became probably the most efficient cook in terms of like the number of dishes that I could use because I I need a clean kitchen at the end of the night. I can't wake up to a disaster in the morning. It's very hard for me to cope with the day. Not everybody's like that, but I just... I'm trying to make breakfast and do stuff and yesterday's dishes are there and I'm already stressed out. But that meant every night, like we were doing a lot of cleaning. So I got much better at it. Sheet pans were the best thing for that. And simplifying the number of dishes is always very important. I want to change and talk about something else for our last few minutes. So we were talking a lot about picky eaters and and homemaking and that sort of stuff. But in your intro, when you were talking, you also have this whole food career as a photographer, a stylist. You're working with amazing brands. Can you tell us some of your favorite experiences in that really, I think, kind of very cool realm? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I feel very, very lucky to have that world that I work in. Some of my main clients I work with and actually not only do their um, photography, but also I run their Instagram account for a cheese company, a European cheese importer, their Instagram handle is this is fine cheese. And it's all beautiful triple creams and Mm. blue cheeses and just lovely things. So I get to make cheese plates and do Instagram reels like three days a week where I'm making gorgeous cheese based dishes. So, you know, that to me, you know, is sort of, I, I get to be in my home doing the work that I love. And you and I were discussing earlier 
being able to work with brands who really appreciate my work when I have kids at home that don't always appreciate the hard work that you put into dinner, it's really rewarding to be able to say, look what I made and have somebody say, yes, that's exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so true, right? We love cooking and we don't like always like the the menial task chore, bad feedback, all of that that comes with it. So yes, getting that positive feedback is really, really great. Well, Rebecca, this has been really fantastic. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Can you tell people where they can find you if they want to get more information, um, ask you questions or see your work? Where's the best place to go? Absolutely. My blog and my Instagram are Homemakers Habitat. So it's homemakershabitat.com or Homemakers Habitat on Instagram. And I would love to hear from folks. I'm always excited when, when folks reach out. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. It was great. Thank you. Oh, did we ever talk about a lot of different things? That is Rebecca and Dexler from Homemakers Habitat. And I have to say, since I recorded that conversation, I tried the mac and cheese with the Greek yogurt for myself one day, and it was so delicious. Almost like a grown-up spin on mac and cheese. You know what I mean? I also want to remind you to definitely head over to homemakershabitat.com and check out Rebecca's free cookbook loaded with sheet pan dinners. I love sheet pan dinners, and that book is gorgeous. You're going to love it. Okay, now let us move on to the meal plan for this week. I have focused on grilling stuff because it is 4th of July weekend. You're probably thinking about grilling if you want ideas for tonight, for tomorrow, and just to keep it going throughout the week and throughout the summer, that is what I'm here for. We are starting the week off with some grilled shrimp skewers, and you're going to serve this with a Caesar salad that has a homemade light Caesar salad dressing. I love this recipe. It's based on my mom's classic Caesar dressing that she used to make at her restaurants that everybody raved about when I was growing up. It's based on that mostly, but it's been lightened up by using Greek yogurt instead of the oil, and it's so tasty. It works as a great dip and also just perfectly on a Caesar salad, serving the grilled shrimp skewers with this light Caesar salad. And then instead of doing croutons, you're going to cube up some raw cucumber and zucchini, toss it with garlic powder, and have those as the crunchy bits on your salad. On day two, you're doing some grilled chicken wings tossed in buffalo sauce. And then instead of ranch or blue cheese, you are dipping those wings in your leftover homemade light Caesar salad dressing. It's so good. You're also going to make a corn salad to have with those chicken wings. On day three of this meal plan, you're doing those easy shrimp tacos that I rave about all the time. You can have leftover shrimp from the other day already cooked, or you can make shrimp new just for this recipe or buy them already cooked. Any of those things are going to work. And the thing about these shrimp tacos, if you haven't tried them before, is it's really just the cooked shrimp in your taco shells, hard shells, soft shells, corn, flour, whatever you're using. And then you buy a chopped salad kit, a Southwest or Mexican chopped salad, mix up that salad with all the ingredients and dressing then it comes within the bowl and then you use that as your filling. It's really tasty. You don't need anything else in those tacos. Shrimp and all the delicious flavors that are in the salad. On day four of this meal plan, we are stepping away from the grill and having an easy, creamy one-pot pasta dinner. This is that one-pot pasta formula that I talk about all the time, and I've just given you some suggestions of what to use in that formula. So it'll be fully cooked chicken, either rotisserie, or you can cook some up. You can even grill some up, maybe alongside when you're grilling some other stuff earlier in the week. 
And for the veggies, it's bell peppers and zucchini. And you're going to use some Italian seasoning and shredded mozzarella cheese in there. And you're going to serve that with some leftover corn salad from the other day. And then we are wrapping up this week with some grilled fajitas. So you're doing all the fajita toppings on the grill, the beef, the peppers, and the onions. Everything is cooked on the grill. And then you're piling it all into some more tortillas with salsa, Greek yogurt, cherry tomatoes, red onion, and a little squeeze of lime juice. I really wish it was Friday already. I want to eat these right now. Okay, that is our meal plan for the week. And that is our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this show, you could do me a huge favor and let somebody in your life who loves food and cooking know about Time Management Insider. Having more listeners to the show is one of the things that keeps our business thriving and keeps making it possible for us to bring you more podcasts, more recipes, more ideas to make your life more delicious and easier. So please tell a friend, tell a family member, show them how to find Time Management Insider on their podcast app, and then they can start listening too. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing about the show. I'd like to thank Caroline Hull from Wild Home Podcasting for producing this episode. Thank you to Rebecca and Dexler for being such an amazing guest. And as always, thank you to Audio Snack for all the great music. Have a wonderful 4th of July and a wonderful week. 